Today's El Clasico post-game party episode of the Managing Wizard podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and is now available in the USA, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code MANAGINGMADRID to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped worldwide. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Pedri giving chase. 18 years of age. Just his second Clasico. It won't be his last. Vasquez bursting up the right wing. Sneaks it into the sixth. The heel flick for Benzema! And the drought is over, and Real Madrid's in front. The magisterial goal from the Royal Whites, this. And it goes all the way back. This is wonderful build-up by the Merengues, and they absolutely undress Barcelona with good passing football. Jordi Alba dives in. Welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. We are recording this immediately after Real Madrid beat Barcelona 2-1. And I mean like immediately after. This is not long after the final whistle. No press conferences, no reviewing film, no stats, nothing. This is just pure raw emotion. And let's just never do that again. Let's. I'm just glad we got out of there alive. That was uncomfortable. A lot to dissect, a lot to go through in a very limited amount of time. And uh, joining me to make sense of all of this chaos is Matt Wiltsey. Matt, how you doing? Hey, Keon. Yeah, I think uh, still catching my breath. My God, that was a hectic finish there. It was just a roller coaster ride of emotions that whole game. Um, from the first half to the second half to the subs, everything. I mean, it was it was crazy, but it was a fun classic, though. I mean, it really was. It was You saw kind of the spirit and the fight and all that uh, brought back. So it was, it was a fun classic. I thought it was going to be the best classical in years even before the game there was it was two teams in great form a lot at stake a lot on the line and two teams who have really figured it out in the last like you know month or so just hitting their form and time in the springtime and uh it lived up to it it lived up to it um it was a lot of fun there was some controversy there was some um, great goals a lot of mischances, a lot of chaos and uh of course a real madrid red card which is pretty routine normally so let's start from the top um, Zidane went with four in midfield with Fede Valverde replacing Asensio. That was the big one. That was the one big change from the Liverpool first leg. And uh, I'm I'm I was okay with it. I like Fede in a four-man midfield. Generally speaking, I like the two-way presence he brings. He brings a lot of balance. He brings line breaking. He brings great runs into the half space. He brings defensive coverage. So we had that as our big change. Um, so thoughts on the starting lineup, Matt? And also maybe how the first, let's say, ten minutes, how did that how that played out for you? Yeah, I mean, I I like 
Fede in that role. I think he's he's perfect. You knew he was going to play the, the Alba prevention role, as I like to call it. You knew he was going to play that role. He's got the engine to do it. I mean, he can get up from that auxiliary uh, fifth defender, auxiliary right back position and get up the field and just be a right winger all of a sudden or attacking mid. And you, you saw that on the first goal that Real Madrid scored. And so I, I, I like the move with Fede for Asensio. Um, I was just surprised that, I mean, I guess we did kind of expect it, but just there weren't any more rotations, maybe Rodrigo um, or I don't know. I guess we don't really have many other options. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I knew the team was going to be a little bit tired come the second half, and I think we saw that, and I think that's why Zidane made so many substitutions. But overall, I liked I liked the lineup, and I agreed I agreed with the move for Fede, and I think Zidane, again, he, he played his cards right and with everything we did, not just not just the personnel, but the tactics we used in that first half, especially. So um, I may end up push, pushing back on you a little bit with with that. I, I thought there were definitely things that we escaped with, um, but I suppose we'll get to that. And the weather certainly played a factor in in us in 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 any struggles that both teams had. That there was certainly an element of you know you and I actually spent some time on one of the recent games during a rainstorm. I, this and this one seemed just as if not worse yeah. uh, in what yeah. it's like to play in the rain. We talked about that, but um, I liked, I liked Fede in this game, obviously highly instrumental in Real Madrid's opening goal. I I thought there were defensive issues tonight, and I don't know if that necessarily would have been fixed if Zidane went with 4-3-3 um, or even 3-5-2 as we saw uh, with the chaos to end the game where, where he made his subs and, and went that route. But, I liked Fede in principle. I liked it in theory. I think the one thing that Real Madrid struggled with defensively, and even, by the way, when Benzema scored the opening goal, I felt a little bit of relief that maybe that's what we needed, like a little bit of wind in our sails is what we needed because I actually thought Barcelona were giving us problems. And what I mean by that specifically is there were, there were, there were runs being made in behind Casemiro, Kroos, and Modric in the first half, but also throughout this game mostly from Pedri and Dembele, were just getting in behind the lines constantly. And every time Barcelona looked up, particularly Busquets, but obviously Messi can hit that pass easily too, there was a vertical outlet to hit behind our midfield, and that was almost always on, and I'm not sure how we didn't adjust to it. And I was surprised that we also fell into that with four midfielders with Fede. Although, like, it should be noted, like, Fede, as narrow as he can play, he was... He wasn't a traditional. He wasn't a traditional right winger, but he also was out wide quite a bit. So in some ways, it was a little bit of a four-three-three, three, just with a, a, a non-traditional winger on the right. So that that's something that worried me throughout this game. Um, I didn't think Real Madrid made, made great adjustments in the second half with it, and I thought Barcelona actually kept growing into this game. And uh, as we saw, like I, I don't think the XG is out yet at the time of this recording, but we'll have it at some point during this podcast. I'd be very curious to see what it was. Um, and this was kind of just Real Madrid being pretty good in transition in the first half and having a lot of moments in the second half they couldn't capitalize on. But this was a story in the first half to me, Matt, of Barcelona having possession in Real Madrid's third. I think by the end of it, they had 60-something possession in the game, like closer to 70. And uh, having their chances, having good outlets to pick out, Real Madrid, many heroic defensive interventions late to make up for some of their loose defensive compactness. 
and just surgical transition offense from Vinicius, Benzema, and, and Fede in the first half, which is what essentially iced the game. Yeah, and there were, there were multiple phases to this first half. And you talked about yes. how um, how uh, Messi and Pedri were finding a lot of space, especially in the half space just behind our midfield line. Even Frankie Dion, his movement was really good. But I think that was mostly... Um, for the most part, within the first 15 minutes. And actually, Real Madrid, before they scored the goal with Benzema, which was around the third minute, all before that, we were pressing pretty high. We weren't sitting deep that often like we were um, pretty much for the majority of the second second half. Or, sorry, for the majority of the first half. Um, and uh, that's when they were playing through us pretty easily. Like I noted, Barcelona was, they were able, even though we were doing, we we're basically doing a man for man press high up the pitch, uh, especially even on their goal kicks. And um, Barcelona were playing through it, no problem. And that was, I think, uh, on, a, on a previous podcast, Keon, you noted that like you're, you were more worried about Barcelona playing through our press than Liverpool because Busquets, De Jong, this is, this is something those guys can do. And they did exactly that. But after the goal, that's when we started to sit in very, very compact lines. Uh, we were either in a 5-3-2 with Fede as like uh, another fullback or a 4-3-2-1. And we were just sitting really, really deep, just outside our box, very compact lines. And I think we still struggle a little bit with uh, Pedri and Messi's movement and figuring out who should mark who. But then ultimately Zidane just said, okay, Lucas Vazquez, you mark Pedri. Uh, Fede, you just mark Alba, man for man. And so you saw, actually, oftentimes Lucas Vazquez could look like he was the center mid and Fede uh, as the right back because they were just man-marking those two rather than passing them on or or tracking their movement and switching if they needed to. Um, which I think, I mean, that 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 was fine to kind of see out the half and, and work and make it work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was just kind of like the difference. Uh, the once we scored we just decide okay we'll sit deep and we'll just we're just gonna count we're gonna transition it was so effective it was unbelievable um Modric and Cruz like able to play those through balls and Benzema hold it up and then find the, those two and then Vinny just using that speed oh my god it was it was so lethal I agree with the press I think the press like from the first minute it was it was really effective um they forced long lay and give away in the third minute and before that they uh, they they were able to win possession two times within the so three times within the three, first three minutes and then again in the fifth minute and throughout the game like you mentioned you mentioned kind of it in more detail but just their man to man press overall was pretty good in the first half and they forced in, they forced Terzeg into um, into some really difficult passes and even giveaways um, so I thought all that was good and I do think like some of the criticism I will have of Real Madrid. In the like in the first half, I thought there were some good solutions and good fixes, I, and I do think there were some curveballs thrown at Zidane. Obviously, two main ones. One is Lucas Vasquez getting injured, um, and the other one was the weather. It's like, and I it, Lucas brought out a good tweet, a good uh, perspective at least, and I always like to have this perspective out there as like not the main explanation, but at least just a good perspective to have in our analysis. Is that like. Good for Real Madrid to just kind of see this out. I'm paraphrasing, but like this is this was gritty. You just needed to stick your um, 
stick your feet in. I don't know what the expression quite is, but basically just grind it out and sink your yeah. teeth into it maybe and just make sure you get out with a W. And we did, and maybe with some luck. And when by the time Elak Shmoriva hits the crossbar in the 94th minute, literally the, virtu- kick, vir- <laughs> the last virtual kick of the game before the referee blows the final whistle, my heart's still racing, by the way. like I, I feel that while I'm talking. I'm talking very fast because like my heart's still racing from this game. By the time that Elak hits the crossbar in the last kick of the game, I was just like basically on the floor, like what is going on? This is crazy. I'm amazed we escaped this. I just, I for some reason, I just kept thinking like Barcelona's going to find a way. They're going to find a way. Um, but we 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 stuck it out. And now that it's over, Matt, when you reflect on it, this is massive, a massive W. Like this is this puts us again into a very very good position in the title race. Not only do you win this game, you put yourselves in a great position to keep going. But also, um, the tiebreaker is comfortably in your hands against yeah. both Atleti and Bar. So this, so this was just the fact that you just got away with a win here was was amazing. I know I'm jumping in the gun a little bit, but um, but yeah. So I, maybe we can talk about the goal because it comes early enough, the first goal, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to hear your take on it. Why don't you break it down for us? kind of what happened and, and, and how Real Madrid were able to score that first goal. Yeah, so there are obviously a couple of things that, that happened in this play. One starting just from Fede dribbling out from the back, breaking lines with his ball-carrying ability. I mean, his uh, we see it so much, his ability to get up the field quickly with his long legs, dribble, and move up the field. He's, he's so fast that it makes such a difference for us. And so he broke... Uh, two lines on his way up the field and then does a reverse pass back to Lucas Vazquez out wide. Uh, Lucas, perfectly well-timed, low-driven cross to Benzema. And what Benzema does that is so, uh, I mean, it's just so astute and just a veteran move. He gets a front, he makes his run and gets in front of Araujo. And so with him being goal side of his defender, he then is able to just do a little Backflake, unbelievable. I mean, when we really think about it, it's an unbelievable goal, especially uh, for a classic goal. And uh, that that sets us up one nothing, thirteenth minute early on. And I think I tweeted it out like Benzema has been eating up these inexperienced center backs. You think of Kabak and uh, Nat Phillips, and then Araujo Mingueza today. Like this is what Benzema feeds off of. Like he's the wily old veteran now, and he's just in incredible form. He he'll he's just so in, intelligent. His off ball movement, everything he does, like this is, he eats those guys up. I'd be very curious if we get our hands on any quotes. I I don't know if we'll get them in time, but what? Why was Benzema taken off at all? Like I just think tired. I just like again, like I'm glad we got away with it, but that was our our attack. Just basically. I, I kind of like, I don't know if this analogy worked, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I felt like with those subs, like our, our offense anyway, like as if someone unplugged our controller on offense. Like we just kind of lost everything with those subs offensively. Um, but the Benzema goal, you know, I saw some discourse on like, you know, Araujo marked him well, you know, Benzema genius, and it was. I'd also like to point out that it wasn't just the finish. Like he drags Araujo like from the near post to the far post. And he has a step in front of him on every single step of the way. And it was just, it was great movement. It's classic Benzema movement plus a company with a ridiculous, ridiculous finish. 
Um, and obviously Fede, the line breaking there, and the Alba gamble obviously helped us a little bit too because Fede sucks in Alba and then beats him and then releases, releases it wide to Lucas Vasquez. So at that point, there was a there was a pretty good start, you know. Um, you know, Barca had more possession. We looked really dangerous offensively in transition. And uh, one thing that you did note on Slack, Matt, is like you asked, like, has Motor touched the ball yet? And I don't know how far into the game that was. It was but like think, 10 minutes in. Yeah. yeah, it was like 10 minutes in. Um, did you feel like the midfield grew into this as as they wore on? Like, what was your what was your read on that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Modric especially, like how many times did he release Vinicius into space this match? And even, I think it was in the second half where he had one with the outside of his boot. You were just like, oh my God. Uh, so I definitely think he and Cruz, once they got going, I mean, it was even Casemiro too. Oh, we got to mention Casemiro. Like he was unbelievable in this match. And those three, I mean, when you have the best midfield in the world, it's just so difficult to beat this team when those three are in the form that they are in. It's just, it's insane how well, I mean, they, they can bring this team so far. And now we have the rest of the pieces. Like you've seen Vinicius, Asensio, other guys, Lucas Vasquez, Mendy, they're all starting to, to deliver themselves and so when you have that alongside this trio this unformidable trio it's 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 what's delivering these results right now and I mean Casemiro I just I just want to highlight Casemiro I know you asked about Modric but I mean in the within the opening 20 minutes he already had drawn five fouls Uh, he's he's a defensive midfielder and he's drawing five fouls Um, he had one already had four interceptions in three tackles within the first half alone. Um, He was just everywhere. He was a monster. He was reading the ball. I loved his positioning, especially when we sat in that deep block. Like he was literally just in that stopper role, right, right in front of the back line, ready to, to gobble anything up that came his way. I actually thought too, it's kind of gone under the radar, even against Liverpool. Um, he's been pretty good in our defensive third on the ball while yeah. under pressure. Like he's made good passes. I haven't, we haven't really been worried about him. He hasn't had those giveaways that are characteristic of him. Like today, especially, he was really good on the ball. Mendy too. Um, yeah, Mendy. Like t- t- he had one today where under pressure in the 34th minute, where which actually led to a pretty big chance for Barca on the box. But other than that, both this game and against Liverpool, he's been. He's been fine under pressure. Mendy is another one, by the way. Like he's been great. There are things we can nitpick with him in this game. Uh, I thought like Des was completely out of his depth to do anything against him. He also shut down Dembele a, a number of times. Um, I think we can maybe we can talk about. I actually don't know if the goal was his fault because he was just really spread thin. And uh, we just didn't have anyone tracking Mingesa, but that's that. We'll save that for a little bit later. But um, yeah, I think him and him and Mendy, Casemiro and Mendy both have been pretty good under pressure. Casemiro also just everywhere, like his coverage and having to win possession in midfield, interceptions and and reading reading the passing lanes really well. He also like in the second minute there was one where he read that nearly found Benzema on a breakaway that Benzema just couldn't get his foot on. So it was a really good. Uh, Casemiro performance probably of the three of the Casemiro Modric trio Kroos was probably the most quiet um, I found anyway I'd be curious to know if you have any contrasting notes um, part of that is due to Real Madrid didn't have as much of the ball as they usually do so you didn't see Cruz on the ball as much 
he also had a couple of moments offensively where I thought he could have done better. Um, obviously, he scores too, so maybe that's a little bit unfair to say. With a couple of fortunate bounces, he scores. Um, but I thought like there was, I mean, the the shot that went over the bar, he should have done better. Like he had so much time. I don't know why he took that first time. And that's such a difficult shot to hit first time too. The cutback um, that's like outside the box, you have to hit it first time. That's almost well, That about, almost always yeah. goes over. How about the diving header too he had that came <laughs> off of the back of Vinicius's head and then he had that diving header? Ugh, that that should have been a goal. I yeah, this is the thing. Like for all of the ba- like chances that Barcelona had in this game, Real Madrid had so many chances in this game to make this 3-0. Like oh, I really definitely. felt like yeah. we om- like, when Fede hit the post in the first half Ugh. on that yeah. transition attack which was another beautiful transition attack yeah i was like man I, you know there's always something with these classicos that we win it almost it always feels like man we were just so close to humiliating them. i just want one humiliation to, to make know. up for the five mil and the yeah. six twos like there's like we, we're always so close and then we just don't like it this was so close to being three nil uh and yeah that that sequence was crazy i'm gonna chalk that up to a little bit of rain like I, I can't imagine what it's like to dive a diving header in the rain like that. Although <laughs> the other thing is that that's not his forte at all, like a diving header. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Vinicius, that may have been the first time I've seen Vinicius try to attempt a header at goal, but it hits the back of his head, and and Cruz just wildly misjudges that. So maybe that just was never meant to be a goal because it was Vinicius and Cruz who were on the end of the headers. But um, yeah, it was a little bit bizarre. Um, well, do you want to, since we're kind of on the topic of Vinicius, I guess we should talk about, and, and Cruz for that matter, the second goal, uh, where just how unbelievable was that run from Vinicius? Incredible. I I thought what was in, in, impressive about Vinicius in this game is like his dribbling, There was a, there, it was methodical. It was well thought out. And it wasn't like overthought. And it wasn't, it wasn't like wildly just run and put your head down and go. Like I thought he... He was smart about where he was placing the ball. Like the the run, um, that run that you you just brought up, it was like he he does the thing which I think I'm surprised more players don't do this because it's a very effective move where he just puts it the ball on one side and then goes around the defender on the other side. Um, and he was just good on the ball throughout. Like even when he was dropping deep to escape the press, or um, or just in transition, his his dribbling was was really really good. Um, he was he was another one that um, oh the other the other thing I wanted to say about him, like there was a moment that the commentators noted that like he's been really quiet because there was a period of time like he wasn't on the ball much and again that that's partly because Real Madrid didn't have the ball much. His pressures were great. Like he, some of his pressing sequences like he had no business getting there and he made Barcelona just lose the ball twice in the first half just because they had no idea he was there and he just popped up and he didn't give up on the play. So I was really impressed with Vinicius in this game. He was another one where the the attack just got defanged when when him and Benzema came out. Those were our two best attacking players and I thought Asensio was kind of by himself alongside Marcelo who tried. Mariano was basically a zero out there. I don't know what he was doing, but um, yeah, I thought it was... um, I thought it was a really good, just like overall Vinicius performance. This is good. It's good that he he kept up this confidence, and I and it's interesting. Like I I want to ask you, did you think 
Like, did this game, in terms of tactics and the way Real Madrid approached it and the way Barcelona approached it, did it go the way you thought it was going to go? Or did you think Real Madrid were going to have more of the ball and and, and maybe not so much uh, on the counter? I, I was surprised at how deep we defended and how much we just utilized those transitions, but it was, it was so effective. I mean, so I can't, I don't blame the Don at all. And I think it was, it was actually brilliant. I mean, and the fact that we saw this in Zidane's first reign, how the team can just transform their playing style based upon whichever team they're playing against and whichever strategy they want to implement. And it, it sometimes it backfires against them. Uh, but for the most part, especially against big teams, it, it usually almost always goes well, and that's why Zidane has an incredible big team record, uh, a record against big teams. And so today, like the conditions in today's game were tailor-made for Vinicius, and like it was so exciting every single time he got through. Like you were just holding your breath, excited, like waiting for what what was he going to do? Like he's through, he's through. And at least I have three times in my notes where he was clear through past the Barcelona back line in the first half alone. Um, so it was just one of those days where Vinicius was was so lethal in transition and on the counter. And I just think, like, he has – we talked about last game, the Liverpool game, kind of being his arrival man. And he's definitely taking that confidence and put it into this performance today. Like, not it wasn't just his pace. I mean, you talked about his dribbling, Keon, and just his – his maturity and some of the decisions he made. There were some some moments I was critical where I thought he should have just gone himself and taken the shot himself rather than trying to pass it. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was another just confidence-boosting performance and and a performance where he kind of stakes his claim against another big team. Um, when when Vasquez got injured in like later in the first half, I started to. I mean, a lot of lot of things went through my head. Like, what does this mean? Like, how bad is it? You know, this we're already decimated at that position. Uh, you know, Carvajal is back in training, but I don't know where he is at. I mean, if Carvajal can go against Liverpool, great. Um, obviously, I was worried about, and also just the immediate game. Like, you know, Odriozola is not a great defensive player, and beyond that, even if he's a very good offensive player at his peak. Um, he's he has confidence issues. Like at Real Madrid, he's had confidence issues where he just looks a little bit shaky on the ball. So that worried me too. The other thing that raced through my head was the one obvious sub in the first half was like by halftime it was two 0 The obvious sub that was sitting right there was Asensio for Fede because you're up two 0 Barcelona are going to keep trying to keep the ball in the final third. Their, their defensive line is already high. They're already struggling in transition. Now you throw another speedy winger on top of that, uh, you're going to have a lot of fun in the second half. But I thought the Vasquez injury made it a little bit more complicated in the sense that I don't, I didn't love the Odrizola and Asensio combo defensively, and that's what worried me. And I think that kind of proved to be true um, because a lot of Barcelona's attacks came from that side, and Barcelona are already so good on that side regardless of who they're facing. But um, I thought it was going to be extra difficult. So how do you think, what do you think changed with the vasquez Odriola sub, if anything? And do you want to talk about, you can talk about Lucas Vasquez or you can talk about like Odriozola's cameo and what you thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of just like tactics, I don't think a lot changed. It was obviously a like-for-like sub and Odriozola just took on that role of, 
uh, tracking Pedri with Fede playing the auxiliary right back position. But then in the second half, Griezmann comes on, and that's when things got a little more interesting for for Odriozola. It was basically him one v one against Griezmann for the most part. Um, and what I told you and Oman Slack, I was worried about was I was seeing a lot of space between Odriozola and Militao, so there was a gap between those two. And fortunately, Barcelona didn't exploit it. Except on their goal, where uh, Mingesa scores, uh, Griezmann's actually able, he has space in front of Militao and has plenty of space to kind of dummy the ball because there is a, a pretty large between those two. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of being overly critical, but. At the same time, I think there was a lot that that happened on that goal, and unfortunately, we didn't have we haven't had as much time to like go back and analyze it. Um, so, like you, Kian, I'm not sure if there was more Mendy could have done. At, at first glance, it looked like he he maybe had fallen asleep on that goal, but uh, Mingesa is not technically men shouldn't be Mendy's guy. So, I just would want to see more what happened on that goal. But overall, Odriozola, I thought he was fine. Like I thought he was okay. He had one really good crunching tack uh, to stop a Barcelona counterattack. Uh, he had that cross that actually challenged Terstey and he had to put it over, uh, over the goal for a corner kick. And then the obviously one moment where we all had our heart in our mouth was when Odriozola did that terrible back pass to Courtois that came up a little bit short. And then that's what resulted in the Braithway Mendy little tangle and no, absolutely no way that was a penalty, but Barcelona went apeshit and just brought out all their antics for that. But uh, that was a that was an Odriozola. That was his one moment where you're just like, oh, Odriozola, what are you doing? So, I mean, that, yeah, that one, that if, if that goes wrongly and it nearly did on so many levels, that would, this would have been, I mean, we would have, Odriozola would have been crucified. Um, luckily, it didn't get that far. But you said a lot there. Let's let's bring forward to the Mingueza goal for a little bit longer. Um, I just Oriozola. I think I think part of the apart from that sequence you mentioned, um, and and probably Mingueza's goal, but I don't think that was really down to Oriozola. Some people tried to pin that one on Oriozola. I think it was. I don't think it was. I think that was Fede's Fede's run. Uh, and then there was there was another another thing that happened in that play that I want to get to, but I think we got lucky a little bit with that because the bizarreness of the second half with the rain and the stoppages, like, and then there was the stoppages with Gil uh, Manzano's um, communication device microphone thing not working, I think. In and so he there was a bit of a stoppage there, and Messi was changing his shirt. That that felt like an eternity, and I just felt like there was so much stop start. In the second half, and just so much, so much going on that they didn't. Barcelona didn't really have time to exploit Rodrigo that much, or at least go at him. Um, so that that kind of made it a little bit easier, but he still he still had some struggles. And I think part of the problem with the cross that Ter Stegen has to tip over from the Rodrigo the cross. The, I I thought that was the problem with that sequence was that Real Madrid didn't really know what to do. Like if you watch that sequence, Barcelona have everything covered. And Odrizola doesn't know what to do, so he's like, oh, "Okay, I guess I'll just try to get something in." And I thought there were there were a few times in this game where, unless it was a transition sequence, if it was a slower paced offense, Real Madrid struggled. They were struggling to find outlets. They were struggling to find good 
good movement between the lines. And it was really only in transition that they were able to punish Barcelona. But if it was like a slower pace buildup, like that Odriozola sequence, it was just like, I, it was just on an individual initiative to make something happen. And luckily, we have a lot of brilliant players that can make things happen. And none more so than Modric in this game. Like, even in the chaos of the second half, some of the passes he was hitting. Um, like, the one... Remember that one where he's being swarmed, he's being counterpressed, and he I think he uses his left foot to set Vinicius free. It was two-on-one. Vinicius could have either shot or squared it to Benzema. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible Modric passes started. And I think at that moment when Vinicius is trying to decide what to do, the rain plays a bit of a factor into it because I think if the rain isn't there, he probably is able to hit a cleaner pass to Benzema, which would have been a good shot. But yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him shoot that. I think you you felt the same. I'm 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 uh, pretty lenient the fact that he passed it too because it wasn't a bad idea to pass it either way. Um, uh, what did I want to say? I'm not sure. But let's talk about the Mingeza goal. You kind of went over it a little bit, but I think if you rewind that play, that's actually on Casemiro. Like, if you go back and watch that play, Casemiro's the one who initially is marking Mingeza. Mendy has other things to worry about. Um, yeah. And if you, if by, the end, by the time Mingeza scores, Casemiro was yelling at Fede, which I think it's because Fede failed to clear it. Like, I think he misjudged the ball and it went back to Barca. I think that's part of the reason why. But Casemiro should have been marking Mingueza in the box. And part of the problem is that Mingueza is playing the the Casemiro-Ramos role in that situation where he's making a run from defense, providing numerical superiority in the box with a blindside run that no one knows about because he's not coming from... He's coming from an unorthodox position and he's able to get in a good position to score, Matt. So uh, it is a tough one to mark, but I kind of put that one one sequence on Casemiro. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that whole second half, when I just kind of take a step back and, and think about it, it was not nearly as fun for us as the first half. Like Barcelona, I, I think the elements started to play a, a little bit, got involved a little bit, but Barcelona... They changed their shape and they started to put a little bit more pressure on us. You think back even before the goal, uh, De Jong put that great ball into Griezmann, who was just marginally offside. And I was thinking to myself, "My God, we have to be careful here, because that's that's a play that can be replicated." And um, I I do want to single out though Militao and Nacho because again, I feel mm-hmm. like they were really big time in this game. Another another. Huge performance from each of them. Even, I mean, Militao, I had three votes prior to the Barcelona goal where first Militao bodies Griezmann, then Militao brilliantly defends and blocks a shot from Messi, and then he has two clearances, one with his head and one with uh, his boot on, on crosses. And, I mean, that he did everything you could ask your, your central defender to do. Um, I think it's probably a little bit easier when you're defending in that deep block uh, just to know the space you need to be in, and you're never going to get exposed uh, with a high line. So that obviously makes defenders look good because they can focus just on their space and defending their man. Uh, and that's what Militao and Nacho are good at. And so, um, but I do think they they definitely deserve a call out because their performances have have merited it. Um, I agree. I think it, Militao's performance today was not too dissimilar from the Liverpool game in that he had a lot of interventions that were just saving like blocking shots at the last second where Real Madrid were already beat things like that preventing cut-ins 
I think the team collectively, and, and this is a collective effort, like between Casemiro, Mendy, Militao, Nacho, um, not so much Lucas Vasquez because he was on the far side, but the to, the collective stopping of, of Messi's cut-ins was, was pretty good. So, um, and... Uh, you know, I you know Messi obviously had certain moments, but we didn't. We you know we limited him to keep to two key passes, and that's pretty good for for somebody like Messi. Um, yeah. XG for this game: Real Madrid one point six five, Barcelona one point one six. So I'm a little bit surprised that Real Madrid is higher, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised because the chances they had were great, and actually it would have been even yeah. higher because a lot of those transition opportunities didn't even didn't even uh, amount to shots on goal or shots at all. Right. Um, what were your thoughts on Zidane's subs? Um, I think we were all kind of like, okay, these are these are a little bizarre subs, but when you take into the fact that it's sandwiched between the two Liverpool games and you know Zidane's got an eye on that return leg. The, the Vinicius was asked after the last game whether he was tired, and he said he was on a scale of 1 to 10. He was a 10, just exhausted. So I think that played into his thinking in some of the substitutions. And we changed our shape. We put Marcelo out there, Isco, Mariano. I think we definitely, like you said, Keon, without, Keon, or without uh, Benzema and Vinicius, we uh, lost control and we lost all our edge uh, on the counter as well. Um, and so it was more or less just us sitting back, suffering, like kind of grinding, like like Lucas said, grinding out the win. It kind of reminded me of the Alaves win from last year where, with the pouring down rain and us just grinding out, finding, finding a way. Um, and, and that's what we had to do. And, I mean, who would have thought we wouldn't be playing a Clasico with – Odriozola, Nacho, Militao in the back, Marcelo playing as a wing back, Mariano up front, Isco. I mean, it was just, it, it was crazy, but we, we, we grinded it out. Um, I think with the subs, yeah, I mean, a lot of this will be down to just pure fatigue. I, I think part of the the thing was like when, when Zidane made those subs, um, we're, we're going back to the 3-5-2. So it, it meant to me that we were going to go deeper. Unfortunately, that killed our transition attack. And so we really only had a sense to Mariano. Unfortunately, Mariano was just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of Mariano in this game other than the fact that he reminded me of my son, Luca, like just oblivious to like what's around him, just running, just running. when, Like my son doesn't even play football yet apart from in the living room. But like I felt like Mariano, he just gets the ball and he just runs in a straight line with it. And if there's yeah. obstacles, then he just will lose it. And if not, then maybe he gets a path to goal. But I wasn't very inspired by Mariano in this game. Um, I do, I'm do. i just looking at quick uh, post-game quotes that I think may also talk about fatigue and subs and stuff. Um, uh, he basically said that physically they're, they're like kind of at their limit. So... Um, I mean, I, I, I suppose that just kind of that explains everything. That explains a lot of things. Want to play? I know you got to go in one minute. I'm going to stay a little bit longer on the podcast once you leave, but um, yeah, just no to way. go with some final thoughts. But um, Coleman says a lot of complaining about the referee. Clear penalty. I don't know why there's VAR in Spain. Blah, blah, blah. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, the, Unbelievable. The, I got mad at that because. I was like, okay, here we go. Now they have their excuse. Now they have their yeah. excuse. 
Yeah. Um, I actually, you know what? I don't have like that much to say outside of this, but maybe I'll just, I actually will close with this. I think I was disappointed with the way Real Madrid defended to end the game because I don't think the 3-5-2, even despite going into a deeper block, it, it didn't really help us close passing lanes. It was just pure chaos. And again, the rain will factor into that. But in the Eli Shmoriba shot at the very last kick of the game to that hit the crossbar. I don't know what Real Madrid were doing to leave him open. That was a set piece. Everyone should have been in the box defending. Modric and Mariana were way outside the box, not even defending. And if they were there, they would have been able to prevent that. So I just wanted to put that out there. Again, just glad we got out of this place with a W and on, on to better things. So, yeah. Agreed. Concluding thoughts in 10 seconds? I just big three points, top of the table. Like you said, Atleti uh, now play Real Betts this weekend away from home, so that's no guarantee. Um, so this is huge, huge for us, and now on to Liverpool. Everyone join us uh, on Zoom for the Liverpool post-game podcast Wednesday night. We'll give you a Zoom link over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. The first like post-game podcast we did on Zoom was the greatest podcast we ever did. It was amazing. Record attendance on Zoom. And uh, and thanks to all. I think there was like almost 50 new patrons who have joined us since then. So a big welcome to you all. And if you're on the if you're not on the party boat, you're on the dock watching us have fun. You can hop on over to the boat. Go to Patreon.com/slash/ManagingMadrid. Uh, Matt, this was fun. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day and chat with you on Tuesday for the Loan Tracker. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Ken. Take care. All right, before we wrap it up and let you be on your way to enjoy the rest of your Saturday, the rest of your weekend, which I'm sure will be awesome now that Real Madrid won Clasico, I wanted to give a shout out to our $10 plus patrons because, uh, well, one, they do so much to support the show and also because they get a specific shout out on the podcast. So shout out to all of our amazing patrons. Creeping up to 800 now, which is nice. We're we're, we're back on course. Um, Shout out to these amazing $10 plus patrons as follows. Brandon Alvarez, Bella Chow, Willie Reed, Wei Pering, Wamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Simon, Tobias Arroyo Bacher, Tahmid Kalam, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Shabazz Sharapap, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Said Mahad, Sad Omar, Raul Gutierrez, Ragab Potlery, Phoenix, Oscar Barrera, Oli Michael, Nico Laxo, Nick Ribeiro, Nick Lauer, Muxi Thangal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Kevin Rivera, Keshav Dar, Karen Scherer, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Graham Gerard, Georges Tarazi, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eric Rogers, Elo Enriquez, Daniel Williams, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Austin Fury Erdman, Armash, Anthony Lombardi, Anirudh Singh, Alexis Saniceros, Al, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Philip Hammer. Love you guys so much. Take care. Hala Marir. <laughs>